Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We are the mother-daughter co-founders of the I Create Daily brand. We are passionate about encouraging positivity, creativity, and productivity while bringing you information and resources that support your creative aspirations. I Create Daily is for creators in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. So if you're into creating anything, this podcast has something for you. So tell us, what would support you most in your journey? You can reach us at creators at iCreateDaily.com. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the I Write Daily podcast, creative conversations on the writer's life sponsored by iCreateDaily.com. I'm Devani. And I'm Leora. And our guest today is a new author of a fantastic new fantasy fiction series. The authors are actually a mother-daughter team collaborating to bring to life the first in a trilogy with book two well underway. We'll get into all of that, but first a little about today's guest Audrey Jalving works part-time cleaning businesses after hours. She enjoys reading, cats, her horse magic, and the occasional computer game. Audrey likes to cook, bake, and try new recipes. She lives with her daughter, co-author Marion Storms. And Marion's not with us today. She's working, but she is a professional welder, an aspiring professional actor, and enjoys spending time with her many cats and Arabian horse named Sunny with a U, Sunny. She also enjoys computer games and the outdoors and makes homemade mint tea from homegrown herbs. Audrey and Marion's first book is titled The 11th King, Volumes of Segra, the Croonan Trilogy. Now, it may be Segra. We'll have to find out whether I pronounce that correctly in just a moment. Um, and it's published through Mill City Press. So welcome, Audrey. Thank you. So how is your title pronounced? You did it correctly. Okay. Awesome. Segra and Croonan, right? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Well, you're, we're really looking forward to learning more about your author journey and, and how that all began. But let's start with how it is that you decided to write a book. Um, I've always liked to write. Even in grade school, we had a teacher that would give us, oh, 12 spelling words. You had to put them into a story. Uh, like four of them into a story. And I was the wise guy and I'd put them all in the story because I just loved it. (laughs) And that is one of the teachers that I give uh, credit to at the beginning of the book, one of my favorite teachers. And then the next year, the next teacher also was really into creative writing. And I just enjoyed that a lot. So um, I guess I'd always wanted to author a book. Fantastic. So that was when you were in what grade did that begin? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. And yeah. so now it's a while since then. So what have you done with writing in between? I had entered a couple local contests, oh, Halloween ones, and won a couple things like $25 gift certificate or whatever, written poems and got the rejection slips and then just kind of went, oh, well. And then I got married and was pretty much focusing on housewife and mother for 35 years did not work outside of the home and so it got put on hold I see so did you while being a housewife and stay-at-home mom and filling that role were you also pursuing creative endeavors on the side were you writing still throughout those 35 years or did all of that just get put on hold even if just for yourself 
right early on I had taken a course through they called it the newspaper Institute of America I don't know if that's even a real thing anymore but I had completed the course yeah and that was like in the early 80s and then from there pretty much no I'm afraid it got put on hold all those years I just yeah I think that's really important for a lot of people because we're I think all of us have been at or are at stages where we did put something on hold because we needed to pursue whatever was happening in life. And I think that's an important message that you can always loop back around. You can always come back yes. around to your creative calling at any time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So go on. Okay. So now fast forward and it's like 30 something years later and you decided to start writing again. So tell us when it is you decided uh, what was a precipitating event or, or, or process to get you going again? Unfortunately, after 35 years, a divorce occurred, and that was devastating. And my daughter, Marion, and I, I have two other children as well, but she moved out with me into the house we live in now. It's a built in 1912, an old Victorian-style farmhouse, and we love it. And then the urge came back to write. But I was still emotionally such a wreck, I couldn't hold up to it. And she had been talking about crooning for, oh, probably a couple of years. She was 18, 19 at the time the divorce happened. And I think that was her way of escape. She created this whole world. And as she would relate this to me, she said, you've got to write it down, Mom. And I, I tried. Five years ago, I tried, and I couldn't hold up to it. And so then it's been tabled. And then I did the um, in January, that 30-day... Uh, challenge yeah. because I thought well what it can't hurt anything right. maybe it would kind of spark something and you know what that just started the whole process again it yeah. got me focused and on track and yeah. I did it just for your book I mean you know I wanted that 90 day that was what sparked me that well so that was what got me going again that's right. So you joined the January 2019 Creators yep. Challenge. Yes. And your place of creativity was to start writing, that jumpstart yeah. your writing um, of this fiction novel and series. Yes. Um, and then you also afterwards purchased the I Create Daily 90 yeah. Day Goals Journal. Because I remember you writing yeah. to us and saying you had been writing so steadily. You were also posting in the group periodically saying that you're writing and how many pages and how many words you yeah. had written. You were keeping us posted and that you didn't want that to stop. So you got the 90 Day Goals Journal so that you would make sure that on your own at the end of the challenge, you would keep on going. I got chills when you were talking about the things that were put on hold and, you know, the stories that must be written. And I didn't realize that, um, that Crunin was your daughter's originally brainchild and, and mythological story unfolding. So um, we're just so really gratified and excited that you began writing again. Um, and that not only did you begin writing again, but you really took it seriously. I mean, you hit the floor running. So, you know, like, you know, I think it's an important point that sometimes creating can get us out of whatever we're stuck with, um, you know, but at the same time, you had a lot of healing that needed to happen and reorienting and reconnecting with your creative self. Um, and you kept, you know, that desire kept coming back. So I think that for us all to realize and to remember that those things that keep coming back to haunt us are there for a reason. Yes. What was the process like um, as <clears throat> so your daughter's relaying this story and then you're writing it down? How are you guys building this together? What is the process of that? 
you know, she has this whole timeline. She drew it out for me on paper. And she put little tick marks on it. Well, this was the first war, and this was Letson, and this was this and this. And I'm thinking, and then she put a parallel line to other stories that are going to merge in the future. And I'm thinking, wow. that's like about 30 books this girl has in her head. But she kind of went any, meeny, miny, her favorite's Croonan. And I think she relates to Croonan the Dragon. And so we started there, and it's about two-thirds of the way down her timeline. But it's going to have to be a trilogy because of all the hoops. She says, I'll give you the hoops to jump through. How you get from hoop to hoops up to you. Mm-hmm. And so I only had an outline of about 12 things that had to happen in book one. All the rest is I got into the characters' minds and came up with the rest of it. So and that's so impressive and really cool. It's, it's really interesting the creative collaborative process you guys have. So she basically gave you this outline and be like, this is my story. These are the things that have to happen. Let your creativity fill in the gaps, mom. Was that kind of how it just came about? Yeah, and then she would come home from work because she's working like 10-hour days and this and that. And I'd go, I wrote 500 more words. And she'd plump down all tired and I'd read it to her. And sometimes she'd say, Cronin does not smoke. He has steam. (laughs) Okay, all right, I'll correct it. You know, and things like that. And other times she'll be like, well, that's good. And then as I was writing, got toward the end of the book, there was a, a plot twist. I did not, as the writer, see Kami. And she came home and I said, look what happened. And I read it to her and she goes, oh, I didn't see that coming, but that will work. And I said, yeah, it does. It works really good. That's so wonderful. Oh. Boy, such, so many lovely images, you know, the idea of, and it's such a, a perfect collaboration. I mean, not only you live together, you have, you know, you love each other, obviously you have a good relationship, but then that your, your talents, each of your talents were perfectly complementary. She had all these ideas, but not as it seems not particularly an interest in writing it all out herself. Perhaps it's too slow a process for her creative mind to have to write it all out, but then she can turn it over to you and you are the writer crafter of words basically. Yes. Yeah, she said she just can't focus long enough to put it down. She's going to write it, and the way she tells me, it's, oh, shiny. You know, she calls them, oh, shiny moments. Yeah. And so, I don't know, but she's just a lot of fun. Yeah, well, no, that's, I mean, so many creatives can relate to that. You're right. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like... Um, and a young I, brain, too. I can definitely relate to, oh, I have all these fantastical right. ideas, and I want to write them down all long form, and then all I right. get to writing, and I'm like how can I shortcut this? Right. Because I'd like to get to the next thing. Right. And not just young brains do that. Yeah. All brains, brains, brains do, do that. that. Yeah. All kinds of minds do that. But I mean, again, what I love about it too, is regardless of whether you happen to have a mother daughter team, like you guys did, like we did, are fortunate <laughs> to have, that's really complimentary. Um, you know, other creators can consider collaborating with others who are strong in what they are, are not strong in um, and just find that perfect connection. And one of the best ways to do that is through creatives groups. Groups like I create daily and other uh, groups of creators in your genre of interest. Like for instance, we know of course of writers, um, storybook writers who collaborate with illustrators and so forth. And together they're stronger together. They can make something more wonderful. So having ideas for a book and not having the, the talent or patience to write it doesn't mean you can't also author it. What came to mind actually was, James Patterson and how, you know, many people, purists in the fiction writing um, world uh, tend to scoff at his 
uh, what they perceive commercialism of his books because um, he writes with teams of writers. Um, and yet we can totally imagine and understand the concept, like Damoni said, having more ideas in time to write than you could possibly write in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. In which case, how can you, and, and yet there are people who like, for instance, there are ghost writers, there are article writers, there are many people who love to write that, that get, have that blank page syndrome. They stare at the screen and then they don't know what, uh, what to write. And so having the creative ideas um, is really, is the fuel. That's like the, the kindling to their own creative flame. Was that, is that part of your experience or how do you, how would, how would you describe it for yourself, writing someone else's ideas and adding to it versus having any of your own? Oh, I have to talk with her a lot to see what she's thinking and what I'm allowed to put in. I had originally started a story of my own years back, oh, like five years ago also, a fiction too. And so it was to understand what she wanted in the character, Tobin, the main king, what his character was. And then as I write, I become him, if that makes any sense. I shut my eyes and I can picture and I just type what I'm seeing. It's like I'm watching a video almost. Fantastic. So you're a very visual person? Yes. Okay, so you can see it. I can imagine um, that with your daughter, um, uh, with Marion being at work, for instance, and, and doing like hers is an art too, basically a craft form, art form, welding. I can imagine her having lots of times, a lot of time at work to continue to build on the, the theme in her mind and then come home and listen to you and share what she, new ideas she came up with. Yes. Yeah, in fact, on book two, we're working on that. And she finally said, I've got another idea on something I had mentioned. And I was just headed out the door. We kind of meet each other coming and going. I said, but I don't know if I have time. Yeah. <sighs> she goes, so then I stopped and I was late to where I had to go so that we could touch bases. <laughs> there you go. Well, one of a, a wonderful writer's tool, uh, Shannon and Billings often, uh, Schofield actually now, um, often mentions this and that she uses her phone recorder to record her ideas in a poetry because they tumble out, you know, at unexpected times sometimes. And, and they really can, they're really still ephemeral and can evaporate. I mean, you know, there's so many times that I thought, oh, that's such a strong idea and a good idea. I will remember it. And then I go later to write it down and it just has disappeared. So, you know, that's a great tool. You guys don't have to then, you know. That's you a good can, idea. We haven't done that yet, but I think yeah. that would be useful. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I mean, she may come up, you know, during her break at work and whatever and just spiel it in and she can even forward you that audio file so you could even have it uh, whenever, you know, immediately whenever it is you're working on things. Yes, that would be good. Did you guys have when you went into this, so you started, <clears throat> you started writing the book um, during the January creative challenge. Did you guys establish a process or was it really just you write and when she has time, she reads it and you guys talk? Was it more just like, we'll figure this out, we'll collaborate this together, we'll use the goals journal to just track our progress? Or did you guys have an established routine around it? About five years before I had started it, got about 10,000 words down. I thought I had started at the beginning of the story, in fact, but I labored so hard with it. That turned out to be about a third of the way into the book where I put that into there was a lot that had to come before that. She again had given me a general outline. And from there, with the creative, uh, the I Create Daily, with that, I had 10,000 words. I had done a little bit of research. I needed a minimum of 40,000 to be accepted for publication. So there, do the math. Okay, I need 30,000. We got three months. 
That's 10,000 a month. Yeah. That's let me think, you know, 2,500 a week. And then I went, okay, this is the way it worked for me. 500 a day, five days a week, two days off. Excellent. If I had a week where I was sick or something came up, I didn't beat myself up. Some days, 200 words was all I could handle because, you know, you just get those days. Other days, it went off to a thousand words. It's like, whoa, we look at this. And that's what I did. And in fact, this is, this is the very first book I had gotten. That was my reward for completing that. You raised it yes. up just a little bit. Okay, great. The Teal, I Create Daily Goals Journal. Awesome. And then I went on to the second book. I kept that process up. And each time I just, sometimes it would do 600 words a week. And I started upping it. Before I knew it, I had 56,000 words. And I thought, oh boy, I've really done something great. The book came out and it's like, <laughs> so I have a whole new respect for these big, thick books. Yeah, really. definitely. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Like both yeah. your collaborative effort and your daily commitment to getting yeah. it done and getting the words out and, and just figuring that process out and going for it because it's, it's really interesting. It's like, it took you a long time to come to the stage, but then when you made the decision, like, we're going to do this, we're going to write the book, it happened very quickly. Yeah, and we, all, we were yeah. always enjoying every time you would send an email saying, I'm this far in, or yeah. I've written this many words. And th those were just so fun to read. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, it brought us just great joy every time. And then, we, and then we didn't hear from you for a while. And then you dropped an email and says, guess what? We're published. <laughs> <laughs> it went so fast our head is spinning they had said you know if you turn in the information by this date it probably will be out thanksgiving or christmas and all of a sudden boom you know it just went really fast wow okay so let's talk about that again for some of our like you guys just i mean you just did it you didn't like even have any questions about like where do we go what do we do how do we even start you just looked into it so tell us how it is you decided whether to um self-publish versus going with a publishing company uh how you found your the company that you went with etc well it's kind of strange actually it was a facebook ad and it was on a publication you know publisher and it was for Christian publication. And I thought, well, I clicked for more information and it got a kind of funky email and you know how that goes. But then yeah. I started getting phone calls from them and I would ignore it, I'd ignore it, I'd ignore it. I thought, oh man, I should have filled that in. I finally answered because she'd leave the nicest messages. Oh. And it, she was so nice to work with. And it, that was just the way we chose to do it. It was an author service to help us do the steps because we didn't know what we were doing. We just had this story. We, it felt like it was alive and it wanted out, you know? Right. Yes. So, okay. So then you chose the, um, sorry, looking for that place in my notes. Um, what's the name of the company that you chose? Well, Mill City Press is who published it. It's through Salem Author Services. Oh, and they have okay. different levels that you can, it's a, you pay a fee, you know, for their services. And what we had actually gotten, see if I can click on this a minute. Uh, lost my mouse. Okay. What we chose is they would help us copyright it and get the ISBN number. And from there, it's print on demand distribution with a returns program. They did a cover design that we were a little disappointed in because they just had they don't have an artist that would draw it. Mm -hmm. They just had purchased covers 
when we saw that one, we went, eh. So that was the only thing we weren't real keen on, but at least there is a scene like that within the story. Yeah. Um, it does the ebook formatting for us, and it, they had an Amazon exposure program, pretty much everything that you need. Again, there, there is a fee to do it that way. Okay. And we chose a payment program, and so we do have 100% of the royalties will come to us, but only after we have completed paying for their services. I see. And oh. do you mind sharing what the fee is for their services? We can look it up if you're, if you don't How much it is for the services? Yeah. There's the level we chose with all of that. Um, there's a basic 199 per year. If we want to renew it on this book, we will have to in, in one year pay that again. That keeps them having 25 books in stock that if anybody contacts them, you know, that they, they don't, have a back order. And then from there, it's 150 a month for one year. It equals just under 2000 doing it that way. Okay. And what, and so what is it that, let's see, I'm looking now at their, basically that includes, um, you said you chose the copy registration um, and you also got the cover design or that was separate? Yeah, we, we chose the silver essentials program in case you went to their their website? Yes, I'm on their site and I'm looking at now Silver Essentials. Yeah, that's the one that they had a special on at that time. It was about $500 cheaper for that month. Okay, I don't see that exact one. Mm -hmm. um, so just bottom line, recount what it is that they um, did for you. So they I can read, read the list too. Yeah, um, it says copyright registration, returns program, print on demand, cover design, ebook formatting, print and ebook publishing plan, Amazon exposure, and a returns program. From there, when I sent in my uh, manuscript, they formatted it to fit into a book, you know, lined it up and did all the print for it. And then they sent me an email or a message where I got to view it and I had to go through it and okay it. And I also had a form where I had to check off anything that needed correcting. And okay. you got a hundred corrections or changes included in that without an extra fee. Okay, so when um, those corrections, were they just grammatical editing or were they also, you know, like content editing? They have editors you may hire. We chose to have a friend do it. I don't know if that's recommended or not. There probably will be some errors that people find, you know, by doing it that way. I looked into editors locally where I live, but at like four to five cents a word, I, I couldn't swing it. So yeah. for this time, we had a friend do it that is quite, he was quite good, we felt. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a cool way to do it, too. It, it adds another layer of somebody else collaborating with you, too. Especially since making money off a book is a long-haul process. Mm -hmm. And so it just, it's like that slow climb of, let's get one thing done at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't really do it for the money. It was like it's living in us. It wanted out. Mary says it just wanted out. And now that it's out on the internet, it's out of my hands. And it seemed like it's starting to pick up speed and people noticing it. Mm -hmm. Well, and so we're going to disagree with you just a little bit about it being out of your hands. <laughs> that's what creators, that's what we all want to do is we want to just keep writing and creating. But so often in order for more people to be able to find it, that is also, that is, that is the part two 
of book one of the author's journey, you know, where it is that you really have to get into growing your audience, building a platform on some medium, whether it's YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or all of it. Um, because otherwise, you know, you can pour your heart out volume after volume and still not have it be found in the long tail of many people. So the difference in those who end up really succeeding as authors and having it begin to convert to monetization are those who really pour themselves into it, into the after part in the same way that they pour themselves into the writing part. And that's a hard pill to swallow because it isn't where most uh, introverted authors are most comfortable. And yet, interestingly, most who do it end up so glad because it has expanded their relationships, their connections, um, and, and even their ideas, you know, in their own writing. So, so definitely consider some of that as well. Yes. Yeah, that's where we're weak on it. And we're new enough to this. We're learning the steps. And I write down in the book each day, what do I want to do this week? And I put write and promote, write yeah. and promote. But yeah. it's hard because when I was promoting, promoting last week, I felt I was missing the writing part. But you can't always fit everything in in one day. And we're still moving forward when I do promotion. I was at a library last week and they had a kind of an open house for me just for the local people to come and learn about the book. And I talked to a book club and, you know, that kind of thing. So, so here's an idea. Would you be interested in some ideas? Sure. Oh, sure. So um, Marion is an actor also, right? Yes. She's the ideator with the, you know, all the characters living in her head. Has she tried, like when she has related any of it to you, has she done it somewhat in an acting role, like performed even some of the parts? Uh, yeah, I would say she does that a lot. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, things like, I don't know, um, what is your, um, what age group is the Croonin's, um, uh, so, sorry, yeah, trilogy good for the, um, I'm going to say Chronicles, but it's really the Croonin uh, trilogy. Is it young adult to adult? Yeah, with, yeah, I would say so, yes. Okay, so, you know, there could be, I don't know if a lot of the things that you could do in local libraries um, would be for younger children, so I'm not sure what kind of options there might be at your local bookstores or libraries to, you know, to share about it, but that could be a really fun combination because, again, many people want to write fiction books, but they're not necessarily also actors. Um, and so, you know, if you consider her aspirations to be an actor um, and, and how do you get found? Well, she's applied at some schools. She's gone to some auditions. Well, what if you just bypass all of that and she creates a YouTube channel where she's acting out a number in maybe in reading role um, as the reader, a number of scenes or, or chapters or even the whole book of volume one, one chapter at a time then you, what happens is now she's reading an audiobook uh, in an actor style. So it's showcasing the book, it's showcasing her skills as an actor, and it's attracting a wider audience because it's free. And maybe even voice work, if she's interested in voiceover. Yeah. That's what her strong point is. In fact, they said voiceover, yes. Perfect. So then she also potentially gets work as uh, an audio, as a voice actor, 
as well. Um, so this begins, this is like the kind of thing that um, creator and so many creators think, well, I don't want to work for free, but you're not, you're working for yourself. You know, you're growing your audience, you're building your house before you can live in it. And so this is your, your house online, essentially for your, your children, your, your, your fiction, your book, your ideas, as well as your career. Um, so we have, in fact, we have, um, I think I just, I'm not sure where I published it. I was just working on a quote by a well-known or a, a very um, prolific artist in an article that I was updating. And in 2007, he began um, creating an illustration a day. And uh, he didn't even know where it was going to go, but that led to everything that he's doing now as a prof as a highly successful professional artist and has still to this day uh, created a new piece every day. So there you go. So it's sort of like in um, Marion's free time. Uh, it, it's the wonderful thing. I mean, like, it's so amazing that she doesn't have to even try out for an audition. Her whole YouTube channel, it could, it could become the audition as well, part of her portfolio. Now that's a good idea. I'll have to relay that to her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I hope she does. I think that would be phenomenal. I think that that would be the key to your success with this series and getting it out there. And you mentioned the voice was her strong suit. And so <clears throat> if she's nervous or scared or doesn't yet want to leap into the video, it could always be an audio podcast. Audio fiction podcasts are on the rise. And if her talent is in the voice acting element, then that's really perfect. And it's her story. Yeah, it's yeah. your guys' story. So you have all the rights to it in that regard. That's right. In fact, we're, that's one of the things that's on our list of podcasts to create <clears throat> is um, reading is audio story podcast and featuring artists and authors uh, from our audience first who have stories to get out there. So we'll definitely connect with you at that time. I look forward to seeing if that's something you guys are interested in pursuing. Yes, I think that sounds very interesting. Fantastic. Well, back to Amazon. You said um, the package that you um, invested in from um, Mill City Press uh, or the um, book writer company, uh, Salem Author Services, included, what, what does it mean, Amazon Exposure Program? What does that mean? I had filled out a lot of information on, like with a bio and this kind of thing, but apparently that doesn't kick in until we've made completely all of the payments, if I'm understanding right. So I've been starting to do some of it on my own as for the advertising and this and that, because I did fill out this great big sheet and it doesn't show that info yet on Amazon. I see. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering about that because it doesn't yeah. show up. Yeah, that makes sense. They're probably, um, does that mean that would be a whole year, um, six months before it shows up? It could be. It depends how we do with the payments and we might turn around with the book sales and oh my, go ahead and put it towards the, the payments themselves. Okay. What is this that? Is so for those who, those who, sorry, for those who are listening and not seeing, uh, Audrey just picked up one of their cats. What's this one's name? This one's Gus. 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 Beautiful. It's yeah. a beautiful color. Well, we all know the cat, the internet was invented for our cats. Yeah. So. <laughs> I thought she was in the other room and there she came. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Awesome. Um, let's see, what was I going to ask you next? My mind just blanked. 
Oh, okay. So, so you answered the thing about the Amazon listing, um, but it's really, oh, I remember what it was relative to your choice to have a friend edit it versus a professional editor. Um, I, you know, I think that that's a fine thing to do. And I mean, obviously that's, it's sort of like our podcast. Like I, ideally we will eventually have podcasts that are professionally produced um, by, you know, as far as the editing of them and the adding of, of content or snippets or sound bites at the beginning that talk a little bit about the show as opposed to the standard. But for now, it's good enough to doing it as we're doing it. And so we can increase our capacity to have team members doing that. So, and, you know, editing, professional editing services are very expensive. So authors can know that it's going to add four to $10,000 more to your investment just to hire professional editors. And I think that, so what you did and how you did it ties in with um, the Seth Godin principle that we talk about a lot of just ship it, get your creative work out there. Don't be crippled by perfectionism um, and, and, and even worried because um, many readers are, are not reading it for the grammatical perfection anyway. Um, avid readers, sure, there are many avid readers who notice the least little comma out of place, but most people just love getting into a good story. And so it's great that you didn't let that technical thing stop you. There is an error within the book that he didn't notice and a lot of people didn't notice. And finally, about the 10th person that read it came to me with it and I went, yep. And then I mentioned it to Mary, but there is a backstory we could do with it. In. And so it's not exactly out of place, but for those that do end up reading it, if you get to a part and you kind of go, huh, yep, you probably found it. You'll know what it is when you see it. <laughs> and well, you there's, a good, it. there's a good little marketing snippet, like see if you can find. Um, <laughs> yeah, how many can find the error. <laughs> yeah, but don't look too close. <laughs> right, right. It's like, it's like magic. <laughs> yeah. A treasure hunt. <laughs> don't analyze it. Yeah. So you're um, now you ended up with so many words, like what was your own editing process once you would write, you know, at the end of your day, 500 word goal, et cetera, week, did you go back then after that and read through and edit? Uh, I actually, the only time I, I would write it and then I would read it to Mary and maybe make a little bit of changes. I did not touch it till it was done, done, done. And then I showed someone else and they said, well, you're going past tense, you're going present tense, you're going he this, he that, which he, and I went, oh, brother, because when you write it, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I went through it again and then I thought, okay, I have to put the person's name here because there was a three different he's and we didn't know which he. And so at that point, then I went through it all over again. But when you're the writer, you don't make a good editor. Right. Because mm -hmm. again, you, you don't see what they're, you know. Absolutely. Did you, how many times did you end up going through it with your Oh husband? my, oh my. Three to five, probably. I mean, we're talking the whole way where I think it's done and then I, I start again. Yeah, at least that. Some parts more. Yeah. That's you, why you don't do that when you're writing because you, you'll stall right out. Yeah. yeah. Did you enjoy the editing process as well? Or uh, obviously the writing was probably like the favorite process, but did you also get into a rhythm with the editing and enjoy that? Or was it just like, let me get this done, please? <laughs> it was more difficult. The first time through, I thought, okay, I get it. The second time through, it's like, oops, I didn't see that. About the third time through, I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so by the time the friend hopped in and I'm all happy and he started reading it, then when he would question something, you get kind of, you know, a little bit like, why are you questioning that? But then fine, you want to know more? So then I would put more in. Yeah. But, yeah. We got to be open when we're the writer. <laughs> Absolutely. hundred percent. And, and that's such a good point relative to, you know, what's in your head yeah. and you can't always know that that's not clear to everyone out there. We've had that similar situation with our own fiction writers around here as well. Um, yeah. And even like, uh, so did, were there any things that you and Marion had any, you call her Mary, is it Mary instead of Marion? I, I call her Mary. I, I'm, People that know her and her friends call her Mary, but Marion is more the formal name. Okay. So, so it, whichever one she answers to. Okay. Did you guys have any like uh, animated conversations or disagreements during the process? <laughs> uh, not so much on the first, but on the second one, we're starting to butt ahead a little bit. But um, she, again, gave me some hoops to jump through. And it, part of it has to do with where the city should be. You know, you got to put a whole map. When you're writing about, and they go in here, and they went there, and they went, wait, it took a day to get there? Well, then you better put it here. And so a couple times, it's where the city should be, and the different happenings we're not always agreeing with. Because when I write, I picture it, and in her mind, she pictures something else. So then I just, we have to compromise and work it out, you know? Right. So has she, are either of you artistic about toward creating, like drawing, sketching out a map? Yeah, we both are quite artistic in that style, too. She just doesn't trust her skills in that way. But she has, um, for the different types of dragons, you know, like there's a fire dragon, there's an earth dragon, there's a, she's just got the whole group. And she drew kind of a, a sketch for me on each one. And I've got them in the files where I pull them up and go, okay, this one nice. lives in the mountains and this one, you know, whatever. That's such a great tip for writers, especially if you're a visual writer and you just see things with pictures. Like my brother started doing that with his work as well. And I think, I think he's almost enjoying that maybe more than writing. I don't know, but he definitely has enjoyed putting his visual art skills to his storyline and it's helped him gain a sense of direction in his own story as well. Yeah as you're doing and as he's doing the drawing then it just you know fuels the creative ideas on where to go with the story so and that's priceless as far as the fact that marianne is drawing the dragons and has, i mean that's all a part of what can be incorporated into should she decide to create a youtube channel with that you can have uh images of that showing up while she's voicing um those parts and that would that's like that's legacy i mean that is it adds so many dimensions. I mean, think about people who are our favorite authors or directors or whatever, and how many people enjoy buying the 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 file, the MP3 or whatever, the the video versus just renting it so that they can get the extras and see the creative process as well. Mm -hmm. um, and in between, when they're waiting for the next um, sequel. Yes. Um, then they can enjoy going through the extras of yeah. the characters, the backstories, the things that didn't make it into the main story. Those can become, we were calling them with, uh, when Coleman, my husband wrote his uh, two books, we started after his second one, we started calling it tributaries. And he started posting as these ideas of the characters and their storylines sort of kept coming, you know, that didn't really belong in the book. Then those can become, you know, contributing and who knows, eventually volumes of their own. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I had written the prologue at one time. I had posted that, and I was so proud of it. It was the whole history and the kings from 1 through 10 and why we were having the 11th king. And the first person I showed, and it was a um, where I clean a building. She is also an author, and she's 13 books published. And so she uh, looked at it, and she kind of went, she said, that's just really boring. Okay, sorry about the phone interruption. We're back with Audrey, and you were telling us about the timeline of all the kings. Yes, and the first person I showed, and I was so proud of this, and it was going to be the prologue in my mind. Mary had said, I don't know if we really need that. So I showed it to a woman that's got 13 books published of her own, but she's into romance and that kind of thing. And as she read it, she just said, you know, Ah. I said, what? She goes, I don't think you need that, Audrey. So we cut it. It's off on the side. And I'm, I don't know. It might end up somewhere else someday. Absolutely. And I think that's important feedback to get as a writer because we get so into our stories that it can, and we're very vested in it because we're the originator. We have the idea. We are putting it out there. But then to get the right feedback in a way that you're willing to accept assuming you want the feedback always that caveat but just getting the perspective from what is the reader looking for is such an important step if you're choosing to publish your work yeah so tell okay so you have you're what halfway through one third one quarter through the book two just about halfway if it ends up being the same length as the first but mary said no mom you got to put more detail yet it, it like the color of the Wirum. There's a couple of Wirum guys in there, you know, and she's like the color and the smell and the, and so, yeah, I'm still lacking as a new author and the details that people want. And the first one's just kind of tells the story and you pretty much are feeling it in yourself in your own mind. But she wants me to start getting a little more detailed and expand. Well, you know, that's, Sorry, Sorry go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. That's an interesting point relative to um, your, you mentioned you were very visual and people who are very visual often forget that they have to build that for other people, especially when it's a story that you're creating because you see it and you know it, mm-hmm. you know, and so then it can be hard to forget. But once you begin to get that, that way of describing things that pulls people right into the scene, that's uh, the mark of a, a really great author. Yeah. So if I do that, book two will be larger than book one. And that's my goal. (laughs) So if that's true, then maybe I'm a third of the way, not halfway yet. Okay. Well, you know, like some people say it's going to be as long as it needs to be to tell the story that it needs to tell. I think the hardest part, uh, I know it was for Coleman in writing his um, book. He has two of fifth trilogy done. And the part that you go back and forth a lot on, at least he did, is where to end book one and where to end book two um, in order to arrive at the eventual final conclusion of book three. How has that process been for you? Uh, It's pretty cut and dried with Mary's story. We know right what's going to happen in book one, right what's going to happen in book two. So I know where it has to end, but the steps of getting there, I can kind of diddle daily around as long as I want to make it happen. And the third one is going to be the hardest one because I'm not necessarily seeing what she's... uh, talking about yet so we're going to have to really collaborate a lot on that third one well maybe by the time you get there you will have been immersed in book two and it might lead you there right i I hope so (laughs) yeah (laughs) well we're loving all that you're doing um and i just think that it's a fantastic um event 
um, landmark event in both of your lives and in your relationship that will always be remembered. And do not uh, get discouraged at any point. I know it can be hard as new authors when it is that if you see that the sales aren't, you know, just flying off the shelf kind of thing, because that never happens. Uh, and, you know, every famous author that it happens to didn't start there mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know, even those that we are aware of who have the resources to hire professional publish- publicists and um, marketers, etc., they still struggle. And one of the biggest things they struggle that causes any new author to struggle is not getting the reviews on Amazon. So I would definitely ask, you know, your, your friend, beg your fr- friends and family um, who in, you know, know about it to please re- leave a review um, so that it will help other people who are interested to find it. Because we know that avid readers are always looking for the next great book yeah. and word of mouth makes a huge difference. So for them to post it on Amazon and on your, their social pages, etc., will be fantastic. Yes. Yeah. We're um, still waiting for that first review and I'm, um, in Facebook, I have Croonin 1, and the volumes of Sagra is the Facebook page I have. And each time I say, anyone that's done reading, please leave a review. Please read, you know, we just need the review. Yeah, definitely. And and I see, here's the thing. What, sorry, you were going to say something. I was just going to say congratulations. Okay. What an amazing journey. Yeah. And relative to the reviews, um, getting back to that for a second, um, not having reviews rarely means that people didn't like it. It just means that um, we didn't ever think about leaving a review prior to actually beginning to sell products and things on Amazon and realizing uh, even then, not right away, that how important and how essential that was for other people to make the decision to buy it. So so yeah, I, you know, it doesn't mean that they don't like it. It doesn't mean that it's not popular on those who, so, but, it, but it is important. So just, you have to just keep asking and that's again, out of the comfort zone of most writers, but, but it's okay, just yeah. keep asking. <laughs> and if you're, you guys are listening, we'll have the links to Audrey and Marion's book in our show notes. And yes. so if you do buy it, definitely leave a review. Yes, please do. And you know, just, as far as anyone in our audience listening, you know, we're all in this together. And so it's wonderful to support fellow um, writers and especially new authors uh, and get started. So it's wonderful to go ahead and buy that. When you're looking for that next book, instead of supporting the, you know, the popular author that has the latest thing that everybody flocks to, pub, um, supporting indie authors uh, and new authors uh, is wonderful. That'd be much appreciated. Yes. Yeah. Appreciate you ladies so much. Well, thank you. Thank we you. appreciate you. You've inspired us. We're excited to follow you in your journey further um, and have you guys back on. Maybe Marion can come to you uh, when you get to part the book two and the book two is published. Um, let's see. I was going to say one more. Th- oh, do you know if your book is going to have distribution in bookstores? Is that part of your contract or is it primarily Amazon and on Goodreads right now? It, um, since it's put on demand, if it becomes popular enough, perhaps Barnes and Noble would decide to display some. Like locally, people that know me have been hitting up the store asking. If they ask enough, then maybe that certain one will have a display. Okay. But overall, at this time, you won't find it on the shelf. It's only available to purchase online. Okay. Well, this is uh, something you might consider doing too. Is um, I know people that know you, maybe bookstore owners. Um, but if not, go to, if you have any local bookstores, you know, within your region, 
uh, to visit them personally, you know, introduce yourselves and, you know, show them your book, um, offer a book for them to sell for free first kind of thing or, or two, book or two, whatever, to get exposure and, you know, then maybe ask them to, to request it. There are many local bookstores who enjoy also supporting local authors, and that could be where they could end up having a reading or even Ooh, a performance yeah. uh, by Marion to come in like the local bookstores. Now that, in fact, that reminds me, so libraries, not so much, they usually do children's programs, but local bookstores, the, the, those who are most active yeah. in building and catering to their customers um, will hold events like poetry readings and author readings, et cetera. So that could be an avenue as well. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm getting a lot of good ideas from this. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, keep us posted. And if you have any questions on anything at any time, don't hesitate to ask. We are not the experts. We are in the journey and love sharing whatever ideas we have that might help you. Okay, thank you so very much. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us and sharing your wonderful story, Audrey. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.